In this episode, we talk to First Sergeant Dan Massey, who recently graduated Ranger School at 43 years old and as a senior NCO in 1st Battalion. First Sergeant Massey's journey through Ranger School was one filled with the usual physical challenges, but was also flavored with personal loss, defeats, and the determination to win. We have a professional obligation for the ethical application of, uh, of force. You can have a growth mindset where you're always achieving for better. This is about us, about our guard, our reputation. We are all in this together. Outthink, outmaneuver, and outfight the enemy. If you wage war, do it energetically and with severity. This is the only way to make it shorter and consequently less inhumane. All right, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Raven Report podcast. I'm Shaplin Sanders, and I have a very special guest today, First Sergeant Dan Massey of the 1st Battalion, 161st Infantry Regiment. How are you, Dave? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, so uh, so we want to have you on because uh, you just graduated Ranger School as a first sergeant, which is uh, that's a, a unique uh, – Ranger School itself is, is a unique accomplishment for anybody – um any soldier but to to do it at at your level is is even more interesting yeah so uh you know and um obviously you know i'm no i'm no spring chicken so uh i uh on top of that i have to throw it in there i was obviously the oldest guy throughout (laughs) all of ranger school so i did it at age 43 and uh, it was funny because like i would talk to a lot of these young kids going through ranger school and then, you know, every time they would look at me, you know, they're like, well, you know, like whatever poopy day they had, they'd just be like, well, I mean, I could be that guy, you know, and I was just that guy. They'd be like, you know, dude, you're older than my dad. And I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's just like, I did it late, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't change it for the world because like I, I, I honestly say doing it as a senior leader kind of in the organizational level and doing it as an older guy. I actually appreciate it a lot more than like, you know, you think about these young kids cause they're, they're more focused on, uh, you know, what, what's happening to them then and now. Whereas I'm like looking at it like, Hey guys, you have no idea. Like this is actually pretty fun. Uh, despite there was some really off awful days that we all shared together, but on in the, in the long run, the long scheme of things, I wouldn't change it for the world. I love the fact that I did it as an as an older guy, and uh, obviously, you know, I I proved the fact that hey, man, you know, sometimes uh, sometimes we'll us old dogs still got it, right? Yeah. So, like, um, what do you think the advantage or like what's the advantage and disadvantage of being older doing it? Because I would imagine that like being older, like you're going to be like. I've just lived more life and I know what suck really is. And this isn't that bad, but then like, you know, the disadvantage obviously is that like every time you stand up, you make noises that you didn't intend to make. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It's so, yeah, no kidding. I literally was that old guy. Cause like, uh, you know, when it, when it came time, cause you know, when they say the word ruck up, right. They're like, you're just like, it's the most miserable thing to hear. Like, all right, ruck up. So everybody else would do this like crazy throw your giant heavy ruck on. I'm sitting down and I'm doing it carefully, you know. But the thing was, is like the, the you know, the younger guys were looking at me like, maybe I should start doing it this way. I was like, yes, guys, if you care about your knees and your shoulders, maybe you should just do what I do. <laughs> right. um, but uh, on the other hand, like, um, you know, a lot of these kids, especially these days, because, you know, like we're going through a period of time in the army where a lot of these guys haven't had any deployments. They have, they, they haven't mastered their field craft yet. 
and um, which was very fortunate for me. Yeah, you know, uh, I would help these guys just just with little things, like little. And honest, it's funny to say, but uh, no matter where I went, I was either I was either platoon dad or company dad. That's what they right. all called me. And, and just because I was the old guy, but the thing was, is they all appreciated because like I would, I would quite literally have everything that they needed, no matter what. And I remember like in, in a, one of my, uh, one of my good friends, uh, he was a drill sergeant. He, he obviously younger kid, but, uh, he was an active duty drill sergeant. He's like, you know what, man? Like, I don't know what it is, but you were like literally my dad's toolbox. Like whatever you, whatever I needed, you just had. I was like, yeah, I know, man, because I've been doing this for 23 years, brother. Right. And uh, it would be stupid things like, you know, because they would give us like, hey, you have to tie down your equipment and you have to have this. So I would just have it in my pocket or have it accessible. But these kids wouldn't understand just like, hey, you know, pre-stage all your stuff and just have it all ready to go so that you can buy time in the morning or buy time. Uh, throughout whatever mission we were going. And I just remember like th- these little, you know, these kids would come up and be like, Hey man, do you got any tape? But like, yes, of course I have tape because we always need tape. It's here in my pocket. And I give them, you know, like electrical tape. Hey, do you got 550? I literally cut up all these little chunks of 550 cord. Cause you never needed 400 feet of 550. You only need it in like 10 foot sections. So I literally just cut 10 foot sections and wrapped it in a rubber band, which of course rubber bands are incredibly handy too. Yeah. And so I just literally hand out all this stuff to all these guys. And then you'd be like, man, like, I, I don't know why, why do you have just everything we need? I was like, it's, it's, it's not possible, brother. It just, you just have to like, kind of you know what's happening the next five steps ahead. And they were like, I don't, I don't understand. I'm like, you know what, just, just stick with me and you'll be fine. Right. But it, yeah. either way, it was a, uh, it was fun. It was a, uh, I had a blast. And like I said, like I kind of adopted that role as just, whoever was under my belt, whoever's in my company or my platoon, I would just help them out, you know, and then that helped me peer high throughout all this endeavor. Oh yeah. That's actually, I didn't think about the the strategy side of that. Like you had a distinct advantage in the peers because like they're, they're all relying on you. Like we can't get rid of this guy because he's got all yeah, the exactly. Here. And it wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> like, it wasn't just the, 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 the tactics and stuff. Cause you know, I'd help them like, in a, I'd help them through a lot of the, you know, just, Hey, this is what you need. Cause Obviously, I'm a senior NCO, right? When it came down to, because uh, these guys would get assigned as PSG, and especially at PSG planning, they'd be like, hey, I have to do paragraph four. And I was like, oh, trust me, man. Like, that's my forte. Like, I can help you with this. Like, here's the number one thing, man. You got to think about Kazavak. And so yeah, I help a tremendous amount of dudes just get their goes through uh, just, just being that dude that, they, like, again, that they relied on. Um, and again, I, I, I embraced it. I just absolutely loved it. It was, it was a good time for me. Um, it didn't always work out in the, you know, it, it didn't work out for me, especially in mountain phase. Cause I helped a lot of other people get their goes, but you know, uh, you apparently in the, these days they say you can't be a real ranger unless you recycle at least once, which, right. which I did. Okay. What was that like for you? Uh, so I'll tell you, um, this kind of pans into, when I was, um, you know, I was, I'd say this is, this is a true test of resilience that, that I, I went through. Cause I remember, um, I worked my butt off, you know, I worked all through Darby, you know, I, I helped a lot of guys and we, I made it through Darby and I kind of had that Darby high, you know, like, Oh yeah, I, nothing can stop me now. Right. And when I got to mountains, um, you know, it was a different cadre. It was a different, it was a whole different, um, 
spectrum of things that we had to to endure together and uh, also we had a very small platoon uh so like i mean you've been through ranger school like having a small platoon definitely doesn't help because that just means nobody there's nobody there to help spread the load um but anyways i ended up getting uh zero out of three on my patrols and i remember like i remember sitting there and i got my no-go and it was incredibly difficult for me. And also, like, at that time, there was no time. So, like, we, the the guys who got their goes literally that evening, they were packing their bags and they were gone. So, I had, like, the people who were my good friends that I confide in, they were all gone. So, I had, like, nobody left. And I was sitting there, I was sitting there, I was, I was telling myself, I was like, you know, I don't need this in my life. You know, I'm a senior leader. Like, this isn't, this isn't going to help me my career and I remember I like there was this little like whisper in my in the back of my brain saying, bro, just sleep on it. Like, don't make any rash decisions when you are emotionally like distraught. And I was like, you know what? And I just that's like, you know what? I just need to sleep on this. And I went to bed. And unfortunately, during this time, there was no break. So it literally was, hey, you go to bed the next morning, you're picking up the next class. Right. And so I was sitting there, I was like, oh man, this is going to be rough. And I was already, I was physically degraded. I was emotionally degraded, but I remember waking up the next morning and I was just like, why would I quit? That would be stupid. Like literally, dude, you just went through Darby. Like there's the entire state is behind you. Like you know, they don't know what's going on right now, but if you quit, it's just going to look horrible. And I was like, ah, I can't do that. So I'm really glad that I kind of convinced myself to just like not give in to that because again you, you're emotional man like it was really hard it was really hard to to accept that and the hardest thing was as you would see these other people like get their goes and you're like like that kid was a mouth breathing booger eater like how did he pass right but it kind of <laughs> falls into that like all right life's not fair and in a way you know i don't i don't have any proof but like in a way i kind of feel like you know, cause I was a senior dude, they pushed me a little harder. They graded me a little harsher and said like, you know, let's test this dude's grit. Let's see what happens if he gets a no-go and just see what happens. And, uh, I mean, I don't, I can't prove that, but I'm, oh, I'm kind of glad. Like, like a very it. RI technique, you know, like, like, like they find something they can just grind on in order to do it. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, you know, and it, it, it sucked, but, uh, obviously, you know, it, it turned out as like, you know, I, I'm not going to quit. Uh, and then I, I, I started that, that two days, uh, I ended up doing two days of the next phase and that's when, and, and in a way it was a, it was a horrible event, but also it was a blessing where, uh, I got a red cross message where, you know, unfortunately my sister, uh, she went through, um, she had some medical problems that kind of ended up progressing into more serious problems. I had like, I had no clue of any of this going on. And then it turned out she was terminal and I had no idea. And then my, my other sister, my younger, um, the younger siblings is like, Hey, you know, you need to come home. You need to talk to your sister before she passes away. And I was like, what, what is this all about? And I had no clue, but you know, kind of looking at it, it was almost as if, cause like, again, I was in a degraded state emotionally and physically this kind of gave me an opportunity to take a break where I was like, you know, and I remember the, uh, at the company level, they're like, Hey, you know, we'll just do an admin drop. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, F no. Mm -hmm. It's like, I will fight this admin drop to the bloody end. And I ended up talking to the the commander and the Sergeant major there at uh fifth battalion. 
And they're like, Hey, yeah, yeah. If it, you know, you, we'll just, we'll just recycle. You'll come back. Unfortunately, it's going to take a long time because you have holiday block leave and all these other things. It's like, I don't care. Just let me start back here. Uh, so I got to see my sister. Uh, I got to talk to her and then unfortunately uh, she ended up passing over my holiday block leave, which was, you know, I can't complain about it because they let me go home and talk to her during that, that, that recycle period. And like where I was in that class, that was at two uh, class two, two, three. So I ended up recycling that one, but I don't count it as like a real recycle. Right. Uh, but on the, you know, on the other hand though, like I said, like, I don't think if I'm without having that, that, that break, uh, cause again, I'm 43. I don't recover like a 25 year old. I think it kind of just, it was like a blessing in disguise where, you know, I got to, I got to take a legit almost two month break because first you get, you know, I had the 10 days of block leave or 10 days of emergency leave. And then I got the holiday block leave. And then when I came back after holiday block leave, I had to wait for Darby to graduate. So I had like literally two months of just solid recovery. And I basically got to start ranger school again, fully recovered in mountain phase right. so like you like for me it couldn't it couldn't have worked out better and also i i stayed in the same company and so i kind of had a uh you know i wouldn't say i had a sympathy card but they all knew me at that point uh because i worked with them and you know we had to do all the recycle stuff with them and I, all the all the extra details and so you get to know all the ris there while i'm there i was literally there for like i felt like three months solid uh, in mountain phase, it's just, and the, you, you eat pretty well there. I mean, like that's probably one of the best chow halls you'll ever experience in your life. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we got to eat that mountain breakfast every day and it was, and it was awesome. Uh, but yeah, so I ended up, I made it through, uh, my, although it took me a long period of time, but uh, I made it through, uh, mountain phase round two with no issues. I remember just walking up and down those hills and uh, like, I felt great. Like th there was nothing stopping me at that point. And uh, yeah, I got, I got some pretty decent looks. I went straight to Florida and then, you know, once I got out of mountains, like the, I remember just even the Sergeant Major and the, uh, the, the commander there, uh, his name's uh, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Green. He, he even came up and shook my hand. He's like, Hey man, we're really, see, we're really happy to see you, you know, go forward. I was like, that's awesome. You know, this is, they actually got to know them all personally. Right. Um, yeah. That's, that's a pretty, uh, I, I didn't know all the, the details to the story. I didn't realize that your sister had passed it in, in the middle of it. So it kind of adds like a, a whole nother, you know, layer of emotion to, uh, to grab, yeah. you know? Yeah. It did. It, it kind of gave me a new motivation to just like, you know, I can't let her down because like, again, like I literally felt like she kind of died to, to keep me from not dying there in ranger school. Cause again, that, like that period where, I mean, some of these younger kids got, they didn't get a break and they, they made it through, but I was just like, dude, I, I physically, I would have either, I would probably have damaged my body to such a point where I couldn't ever recover. Or I would have just, I literally could have, cause I mean, there is, it's dangerous to shit out there when you're walking out in the woods um, with under night vision and no loom. And you're, you know, you could just take one false step and then off you go. Yep. Um, and then also, you know, just, uh, you, you have those guys who were, uh, daydream, like, I guess you call it like walk dreaming. 
Yeah. You know, where they would just, they would just right. literally, they were walking and then they would just stop and, and then they would just turn a corner and like they, in their head, they're like in their house. And then, but the, they don't realize that, you know, they're about ready to walk off a cliff. That's uh that literally could occur. That literally could kill them. Right. Right. Well, yeah. yeah so um, what, like, okay. You're a first sergeant going in. What yeah. got you to the point that like, you're like, okay, well, like I need to go do, do ranger school. Like what's the uh, story? So, how you got you there? Know, that's a, yeah. That's another thing. It's like, I remember um, I would, I, as, as a, as a senior guy, you know, I'm, I'm AGR working ops. And I'd be always sending these guys to ranger school. And I was like, you know what, man, like I haven't done it myself. So like, I don't even know how to get these guys ready to go. And I, um, in a way I was kind of like, I felt like a hypocrite. I was like, you know, I, I can't send these guys to a school that I haven't at least tried like in any point in my career, because, you know, there was always throughout my career, there was always like, I, I came up with either my own excuse or there just, there was no slots or what, what, what the endeavor was. But, you know, during, during my earlier days, it was all deployments. Cause like ranger school is like low on the priority because you were always going overseas. Yep. Um, and there was just, there was no point because it was like, all right, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to go to ranger school because in the next three months, I'm going to go get shot at by the bad guys. You know, you don't, I don't need ranger school for this. I'm already, I'm already well first in, in, uh, what, you know, in, in combat, combat actions. Um, but these days you, you, there's nothing going on, you know, there's like, right. Uh, there's no war going on. And I, I remember like when I first joined, cause I first joined in 2000, it was peacetime army. The only people that went to war at that time was the desert stormers, you know, the guys who were in 91 and like, you wouldn't see CIBs. They're like, they were all, they were all these old crusty dudes who experienced a different era. Right. And uh, like, those are my drill sergeants. And those are like the guys that you're like, you know, it's like, Oh, this is, I, I really hope I could be like them one day. And then all of a sudden I was one of those guys. Like, I was like, Oh, I, I, you know, I never got the memo that all my buddies got out. I just stayed in. And uh, yeah, I went through the whole, the whole war period. They sent me overseas. Hell, I got recalled from the RR. Like I was, I was at, I was living in Fort living room and I got recalled to go overseas you know, without knowing anything about it. And uh, that was, that was, yeah, that was a crazy period. And that was a great, that's a whole, that's a whole other story that again, it can take in, in a whole other episode of just oh, my oh, recall yeah. process. So just, just thinking about like your, your whole career is like, so you join the army, there's nothing going on. And they're just like, well, and it's, you know, like that, that post cold war era where they're like, well, what do we do with this massive you know, force that we've built? And then all yeah. of a sudden nine 11 happens. Where are you at whenever nine 11 happens? So I was in active duty and I, I'll never forget it. Like you could like in hindsight, I look at it as like the army didn't know what to do. And right. so like I was at uh, Fort Lewis and uh, I, I was literally, I was supposed to be off that day. Cause I remember uh, I, I did like range detail until like 2 AM. They're like, oh, all right, man, so you can have the next day off. And I was like, no, uh, oh, Ben Laden ruined that day for me. Yeah. And so you. I remember they, they, uh, my team leader came in and was like, Hey, Massey, and this is BDU era. It's like, Hey, get your BDUs on, man. It's time to get to work. I was like, all right. And uh, so we just got dressed. I, we went downstairs, grabbed their, grabbed their weapons with no ammo. It's <laughs> like, all right, well now what are we doing? Like, all right, just, just stand by and wait. But I, I remember we were just like patrolling around our own battalion area. We just didn't know what to do. 
uh, I searched my own car, you know, for bombs. I was like, there's, there's no bombs in my car that I just drove here. <laughs> That's awesome. Like, you just yeah. like, that, like, you know, that has to make you absolutely love, like, just the American soldier. Like, we know we're going to do something. We don't know what it is, but we're just going to take off. And <laughs> we're going to do it anyway. Yeah, yeah right. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we got to the point where uh, we were actually loaded up on planes because uh, at the time we uh, we were we were going to deploy as a light infantry unit to support 275 to go out of Afghanistan. Okay. And uh, we're like, all right, we're ready to go. And then the, the big, you know, the big uppity ups at some level, because I was an E4. Like, I don't I was just like, you know, I was a little it does what it's told at that point. Right. And uh, at, at, at some level, they, they kiboshed everything and said, like, whoa, wait a minute, because this was this was the very first I was in second ID. We were the very first unit to transition to striker brigades. And so they're like, you know, you guys ain't going nowhere. You need to finish your striker transition. And then uh, we, they ended up in, ended up going in 2003, which I actually ETS. I ETS like literally uh, two weeks before the stop lost. And because, uh, again, you know, life is a life is an E4 active duty. It's not glorious. <laughs> you no. know. Uh, so I was just like, you know, F the army at that point. Uh, but like I said, they came back at me and recalled me. And uh, at, I uh, on that one recall process. I went from E4 to E6 in one tour. Oh, wow. And that's, and that's when I ended up, uh, when I came back from that tour, again, that's a whole other story. Uh, when I came back from that one tour, I was like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to join the Washington guard. Cause I got caught up with my peers. I joined the Washington guard and guess what they did. They sent me right back to Iraq. <laughs> Wait, so there was a fact of like a, so I was in whenever I was in active duty, I was on three seventeen cab, which is a, a, a OH fifty eight unit, it's a, a air cavalry deal. Yeah. Anyways, they deployed with uh with a was a uh, second ID that did the uh the the first strikers into um into Iraq. So oh, like no we, we could have actually been there about the same time, <laughs> you know, like had yeah. you got out. So yeah, yeah, that was a that was all. Oh, I tell you, kind of going back at it though, like that was probably one of my biggest regrets I had in the army is uh, just not extending and deploying with my active duty unit. And uh, I kind of went through, I don't know if you've ever seen that, uh, you know, most everybody's seen Banner Brothers, right? Right. right. Where they, they, you know, that one guy who didn't go to Bastogne, he was like, hey, he went through Normandy, he went through all this other stuff. And like, he, you know, he experienced a lot of cool things, but like, he came back later uh, and uh, the brotherhood was lost. Right. And I'll never forget that because I experienced that. Um, I was in at the time it was Beanock. I was doing uh, Beanock in Fort Lewis, and uh, one of my um, uh, he was my very first platoon leader. He ended up passing away because he, he took a sniper round to the neck, and they kept him. They kept him on life support, and it just like it, the whole family just decided, hey, let's you know this is no way to live. So they all decided to pull the plug and then they had the memorial service while I was in Beanock. And I was like, Oh my God, you know, this, I remember this guy, I need to go, I need to go to this and the school let me go. And I remember like, I thought it was a cool experience to go, you know, pay my respects, but then I saw everybody and like, you could tell the brotherhood was lost. Cause like, I almost felt like I was unwelcome there because I was like, Hey, you didn't go with us. I was like, yeah, but you know, I knew this guy and it, it just, I was, it was all handshakes, no bro hugs for me, you know, and it was just like, okay, like, I kind of felt like maybe I shouldn't have gone, but like, it was also really good to see everybody, 
they weren't rude or anything, but it was just like, it kind of felt like that one experience of like, all right, maybe I shouldn't have been here. You know, obviously the brother has lost and that, but again, it was, it was a weird, I guess it was yeah. one of the, one, it was an awful experience for me, but also, you know, in a, in a way I kind of understood what, what was going on. Yeah. That's a, that's a complex like set of emotions that, that's happening there. And uh, yeah, yeah, it had to be, I, I guess I, I, don't, I don't know of another way to describe it other than weird, you know, like, cause like, yeah. you know, there's your, yeah. there's your, your buddies and stuff. And then the, you're kind of like, you've been ousted by them. Well, not necessarily intentionally, but just yeah, like I said, they, yeah, they weren't like, they, they obviously didn't like, you know, cold shoulder me. They were just like, like I said, it was just definitely not, not the same level of brotherhood that, that I left him with. Right. Uh, Cause you know, granted, I mean, I, I had my fair share of war. It just wasn't with them. Right, uh, right. So, so like, again, it was just the, 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 the brotherhood was lost and, but I was still happy to be there. You know, I was still happy to see all those guys. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I paid my respects and I just went back to school and I just remembered, like, I remember, I remember that scene in the band of brothers. I was like, man, I literally just went through that exact scenario where I was like, man, like all the guys were like, Hey man, like, where were you? I was like, yeah, I was, I got out, bro. Like it was different, you know, um, yeah. But uh yeah, like it like it, it was just it was interesting again. Like I said, I got a I got a lot of crazy wild stories from different different eras of this uh, especially during wartime. Right. Um but like yeah. yeah, it was I'm I'm glad to have experienced it. I'm, I definitely grew up um you know, learning throughout all this all these uh all these wild endeavors. Um you know, to, that's what kind of helped mold me and shape me into the leader that I am now. And then, you know, I hope, it, it, you know, it's hard to, it's, that's the hardest thing right now. It's like a lot of senior leaders are trying to, I'd say they're trying to like force experience on kids these days. It's like, dude, you, you just can't do it. You just can't, you just have to let them just live their lives, make their choices. Cause that's exactly what I did. Right. And uh, I wouldn't have been, I can't be the dude who I am now if I didn't make the cho choices that I did. Like even when I got out, like I didn't extend, you know, and, and then I joined the Washington guard, all these things like uh, I, I can't force that on anybody. Uh, but what I can do is help guide them. Like I said, be that all, I guess you could say the old man toolbox. I can help them like, Hey, here's a little bit of advice. Take it or leave it. You know? Right. Yeah. I guess like, uh, that is kind of a cool, um, I guess correlation or almost like your, your ranger school experience is almost like a metaphor for who you've become for like younger soldiers now that like, you know, in ranger school, they're going to you for tape and 550 cord but yeah like I, I could only imagine that like you know an e4 is going to you now for the tape and 550 cord for just life or you know like what do i do now yeah. oh I trust me there was a whole lot of that too because uh i mean obviously you know and while i was in ranger school at, you know i'm an agr in the guard i was a uh, I was promoting the guard huge because you know you'd have these kids to be like oh man you know and i was like oh bro your life sounds like it's awful let me tell you something like, hey, do you like, do you hate being PCS like every 30 days? It's like, hey, bro, let me tell you how this, this works out. Uh, and they're like, is it, is it really that easy? I was like, yeah, dude. It's like, we hire AGRs all the time, fresh out of active duty. I was yeah. like, right now, all the, all the guys in my alpha company, they're all 275 boys. And they're like, get out of town. I was like, yeah, it's true. Right now, yeah. that's, that's, that's who's running my echo. Granted, tactically, they're great. Administratively, we're working on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, that, that was, um, 
So like I, I like I got off active duty, went to the Arkansas Guards. The Arkansas Guards are a lot different because there's not like a major force com base there. Yeah. Whenever I came up to Washington, I was like Ranger Scroll, Ranger Scroll, Ranger Scroll. I was like, what is going on? Then there's a, walk, a guy walks by with a long tab on, and I was just like, where like where are they getting all these people? And then it dawned on me, like, oh, JBLM's right there. They're just EPSing, yeah. and these guys are scooping them up. So like, you look at the Washington Guard, like, oh, well, it's just the National Guard. Not really, man. There's a lot no. of experience deep in the, that, that place. Yeah, and that, that, again, like I would tell these guys, like especially, so I'd end up talking to some of the, um, there was a couple of RIs there. Like there was a, a captain who was thinking about joining the guard. And I gave him this analogy. I was like, all right, man, so check it out. Who would you rather communicate with? Who would you rather network with? An entire active duty unit who all had the same job that you had. Who like who may have had connections, you know, back in the day, but right now probably not. Or would you rather communicate with an entire National Guard unit who I have E4s who are CEOs? I have, you know, I have an entire company, most of them cops, or like, you know, do we have guys that work in the three letter agencies, you know, like ATF, CIA, FBI? And they literally come to drill because, well, because they're bored. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like who would you rather who would you rather network with and they're like i didn't think about it i was like yeah dude like i have a friend um uh you know he's a star major now and he's like he worked in counter drug and got himself a job in the faa he has nothing he doesn't know anything about airplanes but he got a job because he networked right. i was like so who would you rather network with a bunch of idiots in the active duty who all have the same job as you or guys who have real careers in the national guard and they're, he's like all right, man, I'm sold. <laughs> yeah, that's a, so that is like one of the most under talked about and undersold aspects of the guard. Like, I'll never forget the first time. So, uh, XETC a couple of years ago, the last one that we did, um, I'm driving across Yakima and I come across two guys that are smoking cigarettes next to three, uh, three strikers. So, I'm a chaplain. So, I just get up, I start doing my chaplain thing. I just go up there and talk to the first one. I'm just like, hey, like, what are y'all doing here? It's like, well, the first striker broke. So, then we got this striker to tow it back. It broke while we were towing it. So, now this one came here and it, it doesn't want to start. So, this other guy is going to go get a contact truck or something. So, all this, this mechanical wreckage is happening on the side of the road. And I was like, so I'm just like, okay, so well, you know, you have a captain of audience. We'll sit there and talk to him. And I was like, well, what do you like? What do you do? And he goes, oh, I work for SpaceX. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, 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 <laughs> <laughs> like e4 and he goes yeah like uh i was just sitting around you know one day and i thought like, man my life is really boring i think i'll go be an infantryman so so now yeah. he's on the road then the other guy that he's there talking to he goes yeah same thing happened to me i work for microsoft they, these guys make like three hundred thousand dollars a year <laughs> they're getting you know making 400 bucks on, on the weekend yeah, I know. Grand old time. It, and they stay because they're they're friends you know, it's kind of cool so yeah, and again, they wouldn't change that. You that like this, some of the stupid as that is like, hey, we have to solve this weird problem. Like, how do we do this? Like, I don't know, man. I'll just figure it out. Right. That's crazy that you mentioned XCTC. So actually, there was a a good friend of mine. Uh, we met at XCTC uh, a couple years ago before our whole COVID uh, NTC thing got canceled, and uh, him and I we hit it off. And I was like, hey, you know, like, and I told him at the time we had, you know, we were falling under seventh ID. And I was like, Hey, your seventh ID. Like, can I get like, like, give me your training schedule. Like when's the next time you're doing a shoot house. And he's like, Hey, I'm doing one in a, in a month. I was like, let me send you an entire squad. He's like, I would love that. And so we sent an entire squad to go do the shoot house with these active duty guys. And it, it ended up like being a really cool mission. We spent like a whole week with them. Uh, we did the, the SRM, you know, the, the, the short range marksmanship, and then they got to do the shoot house and they got to do it until like, it became boring for them. And I was like, man, my guys, like they never get to experience stuff like this. 
that same guy I ended up uh, linking up with, he became a, um, a first sergeant in fourth RTB. And I was at graduation at uh, Ranger School. I actually, he just came walking down the aisles like, holy shit. His name is Ken Purvis. I was like, Ken Purvis. And he, he's like, what are you doing? I was like, I told you I'd come through this course. And uh, yeah, we just hit it off. And he hit me up on Facebook. He's like, hey, it was awesome seeing you, brother. I was like, yeah. It's kind of one of those, again, those small world situations where, you yeah, know, you just, you just run into random people. And uh, I completely forgot he was an RI. <laughs> there it was. It's a small army. I mean, it's it like that, that really resonates with me because like I was sitting in uh you know the little um oh the gas station right outside of Yakima everybody goes and eats at oh remember. yeah yeah the Chevron yeah right so like uh so I'm sitting at, uh sitting there uh trying to get like a hot dog or whatever and um in walks this guy uh who's like he's like you know a, a W four aviation wings on I recognize him I was like oh dude. You're Eric Mickleborg, and he was, he was he immediately recognized me. He's like, yeah, like he goes, what are you doing here? And uh, so, come to find out, so me and this guy lived across the hall from each other in uh, Fort Drum whenever we were in 317 Cav. Oh, and, okay. and so, like, uh, he was now like the brigade safety officer, which was like, I was like, how in the world did you get that job? Because the stories <laughs> I could tell, and you would they would fire you immediately. <laughs> <laughs> and then he basically said, he goes, "How are you a chaplain?" And I was like, "I'm still trying to figure that out." And so. Yeah. It, it, it's a small world uh, for sure, especially if you, you stick around the army, it just gets smaller and smaller the longer you're in, it seems like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely true. Like, and uh, again, like I, I wouldn't trade it for the world, man. Like I absolutely love, I love this career choice. I love, I love the fact like now at the, uh, again, you're at the organizational level, like, hey, man, I might actually have some influence to maybe, maybe help some folks out, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and, and again, like just being, being AGR, being full time, it's a, uh, Especially at the battalion, I think at the battalion level is probably one of the easiest ways to try to influence uh, culture change. And, uh, you know, like, again, I, I, me going to ranger school, like, I, I don't know, I would like to say, uh, I hope I can influence at least more NCOs going through. Right. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, it's, I, it's one of those things that like everybody, it's, it's going to be a personal decision on all their parts. So, like, hey, you know, they, they, I would say like, you know, Hey man, I'm 43. I'm a first sergeant. Like there's no excuse now. Like you, you were most of these NCOs, like what's your excuse? <laughs> like I haven't, I, like, and I even did like, um, granted my, my example is not the best. Cause it took, you know, it took me a lot longer than most. Uh, I definitely wasn't a 62 and through guy, but I, I, you know, most, most rangers would say like, Hey man, you're not a real ranger. Let's recycle once. I was like, yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just, granted uh, you get the tab either way but i would have much rather have done the 62 and through version than the version that i did it's got the old um, seed degrees <laughs> yeah exactly uh but then again like i said like you know the the officers like they 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 have such a high emphasis of you know guys getting getting the ranger tab and they're like i would love to it, it, and it's not like it's not more of i'd say again it, it falls into that that training thing where it's like find me another location where you get at least 62 days, possibly more to do the stuff that we're supposed to do every day in it. Like you'll, you'll never get that level of training. You'll never get that narrow focus of just like infantry training for the thing you're supposed to do ever. And the fact that our state is so supportive of it, like why, why wouldn't you want to do that? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like you, you may or may not become a, a master of the basics. Cause I can tell you you're not going to have a platoon, like a perfect platoon, 
but it's going to, it's still going to be 62 days of light infantry tactics training, possibly more. And you can't find that anywhere. I can't do that. And I can't do that in a guard weekend. I can't do that during AT. And most of these guys can't even do that during deployment because they're going to be so tasked with other, with, uh, with other things that like, they're not going to have that, that amount of training on just like basic infantry tactics ever in their military career. Right. So that's, you know, at that point, I'm like, you know, this, that's a, a huge influence. And I, I'd say it's, a, it's one of the reasons why I wanted to try it. And also like, I didn't want to be that, that hypocrite who are sending guys to a school that I was promoting that I haven't tried myself. Right. No, that makes uh, sense. Yeah. Well, well, now that you've been there, you, you've uh, done it. When we have like, like you said, though, we have a huge appetite to send people. Um, what would you pass on to people that are are considering it or getting ready to go to it to make sure that they they make the right decision and and yeah. and, they go and that they're successful when they get there? So first of all, I would say you know obviously make sure that your 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 finances and your home life is squared away because that's going to be a big thing because you're going to go away for an unknown period of time. You have a projection date. But just be prepared for that recycle. So you just, I would say prepare for almost, because I was gone for almost a full deployment. Um, and it, it wasn't all because it was just mainly because of the block leave and then the uh, the, 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 um, the other, the um, Red Cross message. It just, it just prolonged my stay. And because of that, just the, the time that it hit, it took me a lot longer than what, what most people would do or experience. So I would say, first of all, make sure you're home your home life is squared away and that, you know, that they're at least established enough that you can be gone for a little bit. I'd say, you know, in another way, it's kind of like a nice little test for a deployment for like the younger kids. Like, Hey, if you're freshly married with wife and kid, like this is a good, this is a good, like, this is a good pre pre-deployment test. Um, right. Also, I would also say, just don't be afraid to commit just do it. Like, don't, don't wait for the right reasons. Don't wait for the, um, for, you know, the perfect time. Cause, uh, what I did is I just, I picked a date and I said, I gave myself again. Cause you know, I can't, I can't build muscle it, the way that a 25 year old me could. And I was like, Hey, I'm going to pick a date and I'm just going to shoot for that. And that's what, that's what I'm going to do. And that's exactly what I did. I gave myself a year and I trained and I did everything I possibly could. I mean, I had actually, I did recycle RTAC because RTAC, they got me on pushups. Um, but now they, I mean, they, they like, you get the choice, Hey, stay here or go back home. And I was like, well, I'm already here. I don't want to do another DTS. Let's, let's just stay here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, it, uh, it ended up working out. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things that I'd say just obviously, if you're going to do it, commit to it and don't be afraid to just do it now. Just, just, just shoot, shoot for the stars. You'll probably be better off than what you think you are right now. Uh, obviously pushups though, like that's, that's one of the biggest killers and on, on um, not only our tech, but also the uh, uh, rap yeah. week itself. Yeah. And uh, I had a, uh, and when I did rap week, like I know personally that I did over 50. And uh, when I got up, the dude's like, you're at 12. And I was like, <laughs> like, I don't know what counting school this guy went to. Right. So I had to go do the, uh, the, the, the retest. I went to the retest line, but when I went to the retest line, like they literally counted every single pushup I did. And right. so if you can't do 49 pushups twice, 
Like at least get within a, you know ten minute break, uh, get yourself to that, and you'll be fine. Right. And uh, yeah, our tech squares you away. Uh, they 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 actually, I'd say, our tech is a more formal and better prepared class than what you're going to receive at Ranger School. Uh, mainly because those guys all care. When you think about when you get to Ranger School, a lot of those RIs there are not there by choice. Uh, they're there because they pass Ranger School and they get DA selected or they just get selected. Hey, because you were a Ranger, you were stuck here now. Right. And nobody wants fourth. <laughs> right. Right. Fourth is miserable. Right. Uh, they all want to go to fifth or they want to go to six. Obviously, who wouldn't want to go to six training battalion uh, RTB because it's in Florida. Like, you know, I, it's the shortest phase and also they get the longer breaks. Right. mountains you get a lot more cool experience and those guys get to train they get to do all the mountain mountaineering stuff or fourth you know they just they get what they get yeah <laughs> misery yeah even for the ri so it's just miserable all around um right. but yeah so for the younger guys going through like just just don't be afraid to do it don't be afraid to commit uh and then just just be ready Physically and emotionally, uh, just in case you do hit that, because like, you know, if you're, if you're Darby recycle, which, you know, uh, when I was going through, I ran into recycles in every phase. So I remember when I recycle mountains, I saw guys, you know, coming in the next Darby phase that were in my first Darby phase. <laughs> I was like, Hey, you made it back. And then when I uh, went to Florida phase, I saw guys who went forward who were like, Hey, you know, <laughs> look at you you're still here and then throughout all the phases you know you're going to run into guys that uh that are going to experience the the long stay in ranger school but you can it's cool because you can tell that they're good dudes because they're just never quitting right. and you know you can trust those guys um and they all you know no matter what you're all you're all going for the same end goal and you all want each other to succeed and and everybody does everything in their power to help get there right um well yeah so yeah. like going uh going through as a as an older guy um what did you do to prepare like physically because I, mean, I would imagine oh. like the knowledge side of things like you're pretty good on time not yeah kind of yeah yeah so yeah i'm i'm i uh i i um i'm gonna you know put a little post out there that i uh i i downloaded the mountain taxable institute Yep, and um, I went through those guys, and I actually I contacted Rob Shaw, the owner of the the place, mm -hmm. and I was like, "Hey, listen!" I literally just emailed him. I was like, "Listen, man, like I am doing this, and uh, let me know what programs I should work on." And he sent me a um, a kind of like a personalized um, training program, and then because I ended up contacting, he gave me a full year free. Oh wow. Um, yeah. So I was just, you know, and I ended up, uh, I still, I still owe him, you know, Hey, let him know I was successful. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, he was super helpful. Their program for Ranger school is by far one of the best. It's hard, but it's one of the best ones. Yeah. And, uh, again, it's just one of those things that like, I dedicated my time to, um, to that particular, like, you know, like uh i guess we saw like a, a physical fitness set that like hey you know i know the only thing i really focused on was rap week things hey the five mile run the push-ups the sit-ups and the pull-ups and that was like all what my train because if once you get through rap week you don't need anything else like if you can rock you can rock like that, that you just just i would say like 
that's what you're going to end up doing after rap week. But you just don't worry about the rucking thing until you get through this first gate first. Right. Um, so pushups, like I said, and like you saw, uh, I don't know if you saw, but like there was 330 candidates this last class, the one that I was graduated with. Mm-hmm. And we graduated with 168. Not all of them were original guys. Oh, wow. RTTs destroyed them. And our, not only RTTs, but also the rap week, just like rap week, just, just annihilated everybody. And it was either, you know, pushups, sit-ups, pull-ups, all, all just random things. And it just, it took out, you know, 80% of the class that was supposed to graduate. Right. Was it just like, you, you think they, they weren't physically fit enough or were they just that particular on like form? Especially- uh, it, it's hard to say, but it's, uh, I, I wasn't there. Cause again, I was an old recycle, uh, recyclee. Um, but it could have been like, it literally could have been just, they weren't physically ready for it. Um, right. Again, like and when you do pushups, man, you gotta do it. You gotta do it crazy to stand or like super, uh, uh, I guess, you, you know, super deliberate in your performance like over exaggeration type of thing but then also you in two minutes two minutes is a long time to do perfect form for 49 push-ups and like you know if if you burn out you burn out right well yeah it's interesting that uh you're talking to uh uh rob shaw mountain tactical institute and so i've uh, yeah. i've actually done some writing for him and i'll tell you that like your story about going through he would probably eat up and i'd probably love to have it uh, put on on the uh website and it would it helped the guard out because it just brings more uh yeah yeah you should probably because i definitely i definitely owe him i definitely owe him something because like i said he helped me out with um like i said he gave me a year free and uh you know in a way though like i you know, there's a, there, there was a part where I, I guess we kind of have to, we have to account for while I was training, I was deployed. So I was in Ukraine with the, with the brigade right. and I had access to a gym and I also didn't have like regular life to like worry about. So I was like, cause I knew I was going to go to ranger school. Cause again, like I said, I selected that date. And also I was like, you know, when I'm deploying to Ukraine, it's like, there probably is going to be a gym there. And uh, so uh, like throughout all of Ukraine, I was training specifically to go to ranger school. And it, um, it, I would say you probably don't need to be as aggressive as I was, you know, for length of time. Um, unless, unless of course you are an older guy trying to shoot for the stars like I did. Uh, but like, if you're a 25 year old kid and you're physically ready, like there's just no excuse, man, just get your pushups. Just do If you, if you pass an RPFA, if you're my, my battalion, man, I'm just sending you. <laughs> there's no excuse now yeah right absolutely no so like i kind of you uh you bring up your your battalion usually like uh at this part in the uh the episode i ask people like hey look you know like plug your book or whatever the thing is that you're trying to uh to uh, you know to bring awareness to um i guess for you it really is like uh you're looking for um pipe swingers to come come work for you so where, where are you at right now so right now you know i'm in the i'm in the highlanders i'm 161 um you know, and uh, obviously, you know, I, I've worked well with three of the 161 because, you know, we cross pollinate quite quite some time. Right. Uh, so uh, I would just love to have, again, just more NCOs. And I wouldn't say just, yeah, I would just say if you're an infantry guy, if you have an infantry branch insignia somewhere on your uniform and you haven't been to ranger school, you have to at least give it a shot. Like, don't, don't let, don't let your life excuse get in the way. Um, and there's just really, there's, there's no perfect time than now just shoot, just shoot, just get it done. 
Uh, I would say don't do what I did. Don't wait as late as I did, because again, I don't think my knees will ever be the same. Uh, <laughs> I would highly encourage wearing knee pads and then put extra padding in there because you will take a knee for your extended period of time while guys are getting their stupid patrol based stuff figured out. Um, but the, the, the thing was, is like, you know, I just, I did it late. Um, I'm glad I did it when I did it. I appreciate it more. Uh, and I also, I think I probably got a lot out of it, um, more than what I put into it, mainly because like, we haven't done this, uh, large scale, um, combat op. Oh, just so you know, Ranger school is going to look more, let's go like large scale. The op four is more, you know, this near peer type stuff. Right. Um, and you know, I was just thinking about it like, Hey man, we're going to NTC soon. When's the last time we've done a patrol base? How are you going to integrate strikers in a patrol base? And what, like, do our E7s right now know what priorities of work means and like, what like when's the last time we've done 33 percent security with with possible uh enemy probing our patrol bases yeah that's a that's a big concern i um so you know i the uh raven report the subsite comes out every two weeks or so and yeah. um like one of the uh I, you never really think about how much that stuff actually matters until you really start kind of getting into the details and uh we just had a submission from one of the guys that one of the 168 um, aviation uh, guys and he was basically saying that like look you know all of us have been used to uh, like really stable logistics so that way whenever we land we can just refuel and go on about our business it's not a big deal yeah. but like, we're getting into an environment where you might run out of gas like that's like a, a legitimate thing and you think about that in terms for a helicopter that's <laughs> that, that's a big deal <laughs> like, yeah that is a big deal over, you know, you know it, it, it kind of makes you, but the thing is though it's like i'd say it's almost like we're reliving history too because you know we we fought this battle. We fought battles like this and it was World War II. And it was like, if you look at the, the history of World War II, the reason why we were so successful is we were just logistically better. Yeah. Like we were able to crank out more products than, uh, than Europe was. And we were able to crank out more, you know, more fuel and more everything. And we were, we strategically uh, and placed all of the logistics. Of, it, it, again, like, you know, you would say like, yeah, old easy company from uh you know they did their part but realistically the only way they were successful was logistics thank you it it, that's what won the war and that's and um uh there was yeah there's a book that's uh that it's uh, i'm gonna misquote it but essentially like uh it's the title is um war by logistics and it basically is making that point and then they're saying that like look you know like world war one the american army had one logistician for every 10 infantrymen but by the time world war ii came around they learned their lesson and they were just like now it was 10 logisticians for every one infantryman and you know and that that really is kind of the thing that that made like i remember uh the the battle of the iron sound the japanese uh and american navy meet and like in the japanese navy completely just destroys like everybody like we lost that battle hands down and it could have been decisive on the strategic level had they just gone around the island and hit the aircraft carrier but they they made the decision that like look we only have five aircraft carriers or, or five of these destroyers rather to to risk and we don't want to risk that aircraft carrier realizing that this has just happened and then them sinking us because it will take us months to to produce another destroyer Whereas yeah. on the American side, it was like, we could crank out one on Tuesdays. Like, here you go, stamp. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but, we, uh, we, it's, we it's, but, you know, and a way to kind of tie that back into like, you know, our stuff is like, again, like 
retraining our E7s because uh, again, like we're going, we're, we're, we're getting out of this, this, um, this, this post COVID period where we kind of like lost a lot of our focus on what, what it is the guard does is mm-hmm. uh, like, Hey man, like it, as an E7 or first arm throughout all this stuff that we're about ready to encounter, like you are that, like you are that friction point guy for the logistics to make sure that you are going to have your company sustain the fight. Like, right. what are you going to do when you're running out of gas? Like who I like, did you guys even think about uh, possibly staging uh, like a cash uh, throughout like, Hey man, like, Hey, we got these extra ammo cans maybe we're going to do this operation. Let's do a cache of ammo and fuel at this point. And just, you know, put, hell, we can even just put like some kind of old timey, um, you know, game camera on there to make sure the bad guys aren't going to get it. But that's, that's the kind of thinking that we need these, uh, these E sevens and E sixes to start thinking about. And you kind of get it, you, you, you get into that stuff um, in Ranger school, you get into the, the, the logistics of like, how are you going to sustain the fight? And our eyes will be hands off. They'll be like, hey, man, that's a question for you to figure out. Like, what are you going to do with what you have now? Right. And like, you know, your, your company, your battalion, they don't have the stuff that you want. So what are you going to do with what you what you have to to make sure that your boys are still able to sustain the fight with the ammo and, and, the, and the people that you have? And I was like, man, this is kind of cool. This is the kind of complex thinking and um, problem solving that we need a lot of our, that, again, I haven't even, even say our senior leaders, because again, we have been so consumed with um, non-army things that we need to kind of come back to it. And that's, I guess, you know, again, like I'd love to see more senior leaders go to this course to kind of reset their brains and be like, oh yeah, this is what we used to do. Right. You know, we used to actually try to kill bad guys and like, and our bad guys are not stupid. Like they are, they are critical thinkers too. And sometimes in a way smarter than us and nine times out of 10, they are operating on their land and we're not. Right. Yeah. And so that's a, that's a good, a good point. I know the the Marines right now are kind of uh, focused on what they call expeditionary logistics is like, how do you like go and resource like small islands to sustain fights for, you know, for a long uh, periods of time. Yeah. A thing to look at because like it's not just us as everybody else is kind of like diving into the same problem says like well what you know how do you how do you fuel a striker whenever <laughs> you're on a place that doesn't have any fuel like uh infrastructure whatsoever and that kind yeah. of yeah yeah it's definitely it's uh definitely things to consider and uh i i have learned uh you know i'd say i i have better critical questions to ask during planning now um that right. you know yeah. can help that can help drive us to be successful and i think the real test will be um you know ntc when we, when right. we go there just to kind of because again ntc is usually pretty they're pretty incredible at how they actually adapt the training and like the you know how the bad guys operate and it's it's a it'll be it'll be cool to see like hey you know these are these are things we need to think about and hopefully you know senior leaders will listen and hopefully uh our younger uh, leaders will listen and actually start uh, applying their critical thinking and and uh, their skills to put it to the test and see see what happens. Absolutely, man. Well, hey, man, we're, we're about at uh, an hour, so I want to. Yeah. But thanks for coming on, uh, First Sergeant Dan Massey, now Ranger qualified over at. Uh, yeah, indeed. Yeah, I, I I bought the sweatshirt and everything. Like I tell you, it was a <laughs> it was a fun adventure. Like I highly encourage anybody to go if you. If you haven't had any, uh, you know, significant surgeries or any, uh, 
any permanent profiles, like, and especially if you're an infantry guy, man, you have got to go because it was a blast. And I'll tell you the, the on, on the highlight of things, and it's something I've never done in my entire life, is I got to ride twice on an Air Force Osprey. And I'll tell you, oh. those things are pretty cool. Like, I've, I've never experienced that. Um, it was fun. It was exciting. It was, uh, unfortunately, it's a little cramped in there. Your ruck's on your lap. Uh, but it was still, it was still cool to just kind of chalk that up as like, Hey, now I, I can chalk that one bird off my list is I, uh, yep. I've been on one of them bad boys. Yeah. That's a, that's a wave of the future, man. The old tilt wings and stuff. That's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 Apparently, you know, you obviously want to ride in the air force ones, not the Marine ones. Uh, they still got to figure it out. <laughs> they, <laughs> well, they don't man. have a lot of great history, but <laughs> anyway, hey, hey, sir, I appreciate you having me on. And then, uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully the, Hey, uh, I had curiosity, like, uh, who, who all, who, where does this go? Like, uh, where's the links and all this stuff go to? Yeah. So, um, well, so like, uh, this will get posted on, uh, on, it'll be Substack, but it'll be an RSV, RSS feed that goes over to, uh, Spotify, Apple podcast, Stitcher, all the, all the, you know, platforms. Um, cool. and, and then, uh, we'll, there'll be audiograms that get chopped up. Um, so it'll be like a, a picture of the brigade with like, um, a, a clip from the episode that will come off. Uh, that people will see see on uh, different social medias, okay. and then um, there'll be a link in the bio to uh, one of the one six ones profile and everybody else's profile to go find it as well. Well, perfect. Well, hey, again, I appreciate the opportunity. I appreciate you reaching out, and uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was an absolute blast. And like I said, was, I, I got more stories, so we can do another one. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We, I, I, I was about to tell you, like if you come across a, a soldier who just re really is uh, killing it, or has a wild story, or uh, is a uh, design engineer for SpaceX sitting on the side of the road or something like that. Uh, yeah. Send it my way. I'd love to, to have them on and let them uh, tell their story. All right. Sounds good, sir. I appreciate it. All right, man. Well, I'll let you go. Have a good day. All right. Yeah. You have a good night. Talk to you later. This has been the Raven Report Podcast, the official podcast of the 81st Striker Brigade Combat Team. You can find more of our content on Instagram at Cascade Rifles or on our Substack. Give me a show.